Our souls running in color, color, color. Kick the lies that they wonder, wonder, wonder. Break the pressure that I'm under, under, under. Straight stunning in color, color, color. Welcome to The Color Within, a podcast by Subi People that explores the brilliant, colorful assets that people bring to the world and the environments they spend the most time in, including the workplace, community neighborhoods, and more. All while navigating a world with color codes. I'm Lydia, your host, and join us in this episode where we talk with Mildred, who is a lover of children and works at a Fortune 500 company. We'll explore the color she holds within, how to navigate discrimination in the workplace, and preparing children for living in a color-coded society. Join us. Please tell us more about where you're from and about your ethnic heritage. So... Uh, originally, I'm from Uganda, mm-hmm. and uh, I was born and raised in Uganda, and I have lived in the United States for over 20 years, so I stopped counting at 10. <laughs> and um, I've lived in so many different places within the United States, minus probably, I'll say, the Northeast is where I have not lived yet, mm-hmm. keyword here is yet. Mm-hmm. And, and from every single place that I've lived, I call this home because I've lived most of my life here feels like it. Awesome, mm-hmm. awesome. And and what positive qualities do people say you have? Oh, I bust with a lot of energy. <laughs> <laughs> I could testify to that. Okay. <laughs> and 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 the other thing, I I think I, one of the things that people say that I do is I tend to break or get things that are complex and break them into pragmatic solutions for Mm. people or help people see them you know from a simplistic standpoint so i love that mm -hmm. that's awesome Mm -hmm. and what are you passionate about oh i have a lot of things i'm passionate Mm -hmm. about um but to me what resonates the most while i'm passionate about food and passionate about cooking mm-hmm. kids you know and, and it could be right now because of the phase that i'm in in life i have younger children mm-hmm. but i think i've always been passionate about this but i i do like to introduce kids in a in a natural way in everyday you know things be it outside outdoors be it i like engaging kids mm. in exploring and more so to explore life for them to understand that there's more of a purpose, that there's a God, honestly, who mm-hmm. has created them, mm-hmm. and he has a purpose for them. So, so yes. doing that in a, in a natural, just everyday life for them to explore and see that there's something more to life than just what we see today and understand that there's a God out there who yes. loves them. That's something I'm really passionate about. That's amazing. And um, tell me more about your role um, at, at work. So I tell people that, I used to tell people that I get paid to be nosy. <laughs> <laughs> because, I, you know, it, it's part of, you know, asking why, right? Why do mm-hmm. we doing what we're doing? But there's a goal to it. It is making things better, right? Making right. things better. I, I champion, you know, change, and I, and I don't, champion it in a in an intrusive way I do it more so from an influence standpoint so it is what I get paid to do and right now I'm championing you know change from a perspective of helping us to explore tools um, from an engineering standpoint help us to explore tools that um, 
that will help us as we facilitate it with digital technology that will help us to improve our performance. So right now that's what I'm getting paid to do and introducing engineers to new digital technology to solve problems. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And you know, throughout your career, um, whether it's now or previously, have you ever experienced somebody seeing you, Mildred, with all of the talents that you bring to the table, all of your gifts, and just creating a platform for you to grow and thrive? <sighs> That's an interesting one. So I think I have. I, I've had some, some really good mentors. I've had some really, really good people who've you know, championed me. The, the role that I'm currently in that I just talked mm. about is a, is a new role that I, I do have. I've had a, a champion who, um, you know, so to it that I think my qualities, I, I would bring, you know, quite a bit in this role. So I've had people mm. who've championed me. I don't know. What, what I struggle with, I guess, is I don't know that they've really championed me to my full potential. Mm. That's the part that I, I sit back and I go, I could do more, but it just feels like there's that space, you know, that I see mm -hmm. others that get past that point, and mm -hmm. I don't see me get past that point. Tell me more about that. Um, what Can you tell me more about the point that you want to get past and kind of the re any resistance that you feel? I guess... Hmm. I guess that resistance just, it's not necessarily a resistance. It just mm -hmm. feels that it, it is, um, the door is not open, right? It, 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 it just feels that that door is, is not open. And, and it's easy to say maybe, and, and this is one of the things that is interesting about this, because sometimes you go, mm -hmm. is it because I'm a female? You mm -hmm. could, you know, could resonate with other females, or is it because, you know, is it color? Mm -hmm. Right. It, it is, you know, some of those things that, you know, you think about, but or at least I think about sometimes, but I don't give it. It doesn't consume me. Right. But I do know that I'm a I'm an exceptional performer mm -hmm. and, you know, people recognize what I bring. People come over, ask for my expertise, mm -hmm. but and people will champion me. But it just feels like it stops somewhere. And with that point that you want to <clears throat> cross, is that. Um, something where you knocked on the door, you applied for that position, you know, is it something that you've tried and just haven't been able to get past that point or? Yeah, so they come a point within, and, and, and this is, people who work in Fortune 500 companies know this, right? There's a point where you do have that people have to I, I like the word that you used, champion, mm -hmm. right? People have to champion, people have to talk, you know, about you so that you can get certain projects that will help you to, you know, to get, you know, build those relationships. I don't want to use the word network because I like the word relationships because you, mm -hmm. it seems like you get to a point where the relationships have to take over mm -hmm. into your progression up. And, mm -hmm. and it, somebody has to champion you mm. into to get into that next door, right? Up until you move through and it's your performance, it's you know the quality things that you bring to the table and how you provide that value within the company that you do yourself, right? But then there comes another point, there's another stage of which there are other people who champion you through that, that it doesn't seem like I've been able to get through that. Mm. Yes. So on this portion, I've done what I do, do it really well, actually very well, and I've been recognized for that. 
it's the next step over. Frankly speaking, it would be really great to, you know, to have a female woman of color vice president in the industry that I'm in. So mm-hmm. if I can get to that, I can encourage other you know, people with color to, that they can be able to achieve that. Yes, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. And do you have other VPs, women of color, um, at your current company or other competitor companies? I have seen, I'm not really sure whether at my company, if I, I, I don't know everywhere. Oh no, I take that back, because one of my really good friends is right now, uh, she's a woman of color and she's a vice president. Nice. Um, but I guess maybe the reason why I was gonna say that is because I haven't seen women in my field, right? At least right. within my company. Within other companies in my, in my industry, I have, I've met one. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it's, when you see that, it's encouraging. But mm-hmm. to just say, that I recall one in my industry is a little bit, hmm, what is going on here? Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that leads me to the next question here is, you know, have you personally ever experienced inequality because of your ethnic heritage or secondhand seen somebody else experience um, inequality in the workplace? So... I have been blessed. Mm-hmm. I, I really, really have been blessed. And it goes back to, I think I made the comment of, you know, sometimes things happen and as a person you go, was that because I was female? Was that because I was, you know, a woman of color? Right. You know, you, you kind of went through that. But I've not um, really experienced some of the things that I've heard or I hear some of my peers share mm-hmm. where it's it's been... No, did somebody really do that? It, 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 it just gives you the chill that somebody would really go out of their way to sabotage somebody else. Mm. You know, have them, you know, see them that they are, you know, performers, they're doing everything that they can do, but yet, you know, be able to sabotage them to get a poor performance that they can be, you know, fired. Mm. I, I did have a very, very dear friend of mine. This was very personal, a very dear friend of mine who she had a leader and that leader did not champion for her. And I think for her, not only was she a woman of color, but she also wore a hijab. Mm. So that created probably the bias. And, and this leader went out of their way to... To be able, I mean, to, to actually even get them on a, a performance improvement plan that was not really warranted. And, mm. and I get it that there's always two sides to the story, but this story was, this story was just like unbelievable, very clear, right? Right. And, and what was really sad is that the, um, it didn't feel like there was anybody else within the within even within the human resources who stood up for her hmm. right and and so it, it just it, even the solution because performance improvement plans um sometimes do help people because sometimes people are going through things mm-hmm. right that you know they, they they you know they the conversation needs to happen right for them to be you know helped through whatever it is that they're going through so that they can improve their performance right. but this one did not come from that perspective you know it, it was it was really sad and you know my friend ended up quitting and the blessing out of it she stayed at home and she mm. you know it, it was really it was a good good move for her family okay. but it's not what initially she had chosen to do right yeah so 
Yeah, and you know, to your point about the HR, you know, not really standing up for her. Um, we we need people in the workplace to be able to see those things happening and to stand up for your colleagues, especially if you're in a leadership role, to say something. You know, um, it it takes the whole the whole village at work. You know, to yes. make to make equality happen. Um, so I'm I'm sorry to hear about that. Um, but yeah, I, I hope that. Nowadays, when we have more like unconscious bias training, you know, because sometimes people, they, they may be doing things unconsciously, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but how, how can we bring those to the surface? Um, and, 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 and Lydia, let me say this. So there are people who do things unconsciously, mm. but there are also people who um, sabotage others. Right. And, and and when these things happen, to me, this is, you know, going back to it takes a whole village. And, and I feel that this is how we could create change, all of us. When we see, you know, things like this, being able to speak up and say, yes. I just recognize this and this is not right, right? right? Us being able to, if we take that whole approach of let, let's let's work together to be able to solve, you know, this whole bias says it takes for us to be able to say, hey, I saw this, mm-hmm. I hear this, but something about this does not feel right. Mm-hmm. Number one. Number two is believing people, right? So it, it, it goes back to sometimes, um, at, at least for me, when I observed this situation, it felt that HR did not actually believe her story, mm. right? They believed the manager's story. When, when in reality, you, you do want, even other people, you do want, each and every one of us needs to take up that, hey, let, let's, there's always two sides to story, but let's be able to give both sides the opportunity to listen to them. Right, definitely. And, you know, to your point, um, in 2019, there was a Pew Research study and it really showed a big divide in perception of how blacks are treated. So 44% of whites said that blacks are not treated fairly, compared to 82% of blacks said that they were not treated fairly. Um, And this is when it came to hiring, pay, and promotions. Um, So, you know, there's people on both sides of the spectrum where more people of color kind of see the discrimination and you know if they if they would hear a story like that they would be more likely to you know actually believe that it actually happened but other people on the other side of the spectrum they they might you know come up with a reason why maybe there's other factors involved or um, how do we how do we balance that out um, first for me I am glad that there's 44% white. Mm. That's mm-hmm. I, that means that yes, there is a problem to start with, right? If mm-hmm. if we have 44% of whites say there's a problem, that means that there is a problem. If it was 10, if it was five, I would say, oh, mm-hmm. right. So, but with that 44, to me, where the change, how we can start balancing it, is goes back to I think you say that point, the village, all of us. Let's. Let that when that forty four starts to speak up, change will start to happen. Right, right. Because the the eighty percent of the blacks who see it, they see it, they know it, 
because they've experienced it, right? Right. So, so they when you have experienced something, it is quick for you to be even when it's far away for you to say that doesn't look right because I've seen it. Right. But then the other forty-four, when they start to speak up, that's where the change gets to start driving. Yes, and you know, I was listening to this book, an audio book, cast mm-hmm. by Isabel wilkerson Mm -hmm. and um in there she shares a story of when she goes to a restaurant with her one of her good friends uh, her friend is caucasian and they go to the restaurant they sit down they order off of the menu and then um after a while the waiter is just not paying attention to them you know they have to ask for them to for him to bring them water and to bring them bread and um Next thing you know, there's another white couple that sits down next to them. And next thing you know, um, the waiter's there chatting them up and talking about what's going on in the world and everything. And um, next thing you know, they have their bread, they have their appetizers. But for them, they, they, had only ha- they still had only water. They didn't have appetizers yet. <laughs> and then the people next to them, they, start, they get their meal. They start talking about, oh, this food is so good. And then by the time their food came, um, the other couple, uh, the white couple, was onto dessert at that point. And then uh, when they started eating the food, her white friend you know, started to eat her pasta. And she tasted it, and she's like, I can't eat this. This food is cold, you know? And then she asked her, you know, how's your, how's your fish? And she's like, it's good, but it's cold. And so by this time, um, you know, her white friend had, she was already getting riled up, you know, about what was happening. But then at at that point, after she tasted the food, she almost was turning red at that point. And she asked the waiter to come over and um, and she told him, you know, you're a racist. You know, this Mm -hmm. restaurant is a racist. And, you know, the point was that she had experienced it firsthand. You know, a lot of times people who are not of color, they they haven't experienced it firsthand. So it's understandable for them to not really kind of understand or kind of feel, you know, the the pain that 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 discrimination uh, causes. But when you feel it firsthand, there's something you can never forget. You, mm-hmm. you know, you know about it. Um, I do. I, mm-hmm. I, I, um, I experienced a situation one time and when the situation happened, um, I was telling, I was talking through with one of my friends and she told me, she said, Mildred, you have been sheltered. Mm. And this opens your eyes so that you can understand what other people, you know, are going through. And, mm. and that experience helped me, you know, for me now, when I'm working with, you know, younger engineers to be able to, to mentor them mm-hmm. and, you know, champion you know, for them. And, and it's the same thing that I go back with the 44, right? Is those 44%, that 44 percentage is when those people speak up, that's where change happens, mm. right? So bringing it up to going back to, I think you had said, sometimes people do things without recognizing because we can analyze this just and say, why did they leave their meal out there, right? Why, why did they right. wait for it to get that cold and bring it up? What was going on here, right? Mm-hmm. But, but up until this lady experienced it and call it out right Right. because her friend you know her friend of color i mean it's like 
if, if I say anything, they're going to say I'm an angry woman, this exactly. and that, right? So I, I, I've seen this before. I, I won't even bother. But her speaking it out and calling it out makes people change. Right, right, exactly. And, you know, you mentioned that you had an experience. Mm-hmm. Um, what, can you tell us more about that experience? Like, what happened? So I, I spoke up. Right, and when I um, when I spoke up, I, I saw something being done, and and I spoke up. I said, "Hey, this is going to cost us a whole lot of money. Mm. This is not the solution that we want to we want to employ." Right. So this was just at work. This was at work. Yes, it's not the solution that we want to employ because it's going to cost money and it's not warranted. And 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 I think. People thought, how dare she? How dare she be the person to recognize this? And how dare she be the person to speak up about this? And now, where was this? If you could just kind of set the scene, like which state was this in? So this was in Texas. Okay, <laughs> got it. And, and, and that's why I, I, I was a little bit hesitant for me to say that. But this was this was this was in Texas where this happened. Mm-hmm. And, and and at first for me, I just thought. Going back to the comment that I made is sometimes you don't, you know, you think through and you say, is this happening? Because people think I'm still, you know, I'm younger because mm-hmm. I look way younger than, you know, my yeah. age. <laughs> so my, is it because I'm, I look younger? Is it because I'm a female or is it because, you know, I, I am of color? And, and, and that actually started um, a situation with, you know, with, with the manager and not my direct, you know, manager, but the manager who was responsible for these assets, to just have this um, very unhealthy behavior towards me, right? Mm-hmm. And and so uh, one time we were working on um, we were working on something else, and one of my technicians said, "Hey, if you were somebody different and made that recommendation, it would have been." applaud it would have been called out but because probably because it's you and the person who is telling me is not a person of color Mm -hmm. and they say probably because it's you it's being fought northwest east Mm. south and and then later i had to you know sit back and think through it and go is this why it's causing this it's because you know, is it because of my color? So I started recognizing some of the solutions that my peers, you know, would give. Right. And their peer, you know, their recommendations were accepted. Mm. And and so what I did is, hey, you know what? If something needs, if if I really need something to get done, I would go over. I'll tell my boss, here's what here's what we need to get done, and then I would have him be able to make the recommendation because then it would not be fought. If I made the recommendation, it would be fought. It would be scrutinized east, west, north, south. So after, you know, after I did recognize that, I was like, okay. Hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's, it's unfortunate. It it's is. It's very unfortunate because having a leader like you mm-hmm. in a company is such a great asset. And... There's no reason why it's it's only hurting the company when you do that. Yes. Um, and so, like your other colleagues who made recommendations, were they all were some of them women by chance? Yes. Okay. Yes, I actually did have a, a younger um, a female who 
you know, when she would, she was actually fresh out of college, and when she would say something, it was like, oh, this is pretty awesome. I'm glad you brought up that idea. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. And, you know, it, it makes me think of the concept from that book cast, you mm-hmm. know, where we have this caste system in America. And, you know, you, you and me were both from Uganda, mm-hmm. um, but coming to live in America, um, there's a caste system that was set up where you have, you know, coming from slavery, people with brown skin were at the bottom of the caste, and the dominant caste were people with less melanin in their skin, with white skin. And so there was a social order that was put into place, as we know. And of course, in when we have that caste system in our society, that also affects the workplace, as we know. And so if somebody from a different position in their in the caste system in their you know how people have pro- been programmed to think if they try to make a um you know <laughs> to your point like a recommendation or they try to call something out they somebody from the dominant caste will perceive that as acting out of order so they have to put things back into order um Another story from the book was in India, there was something very similar where um, the Brahmins, they're at the top, they're the dominant caste, and the Dalits, they're at the bottom. And so there was a Brahmin who had a Dalit working for him. And I think the Dalit, he did something wrong, and then the Brahmin came after, running after him with a stick. And the Dalit was like, why is he running, charging after me? So he went to the tree, broke off a branch just to defend himself, you know? <laughs> and then he, you know, he, he, he started going after him and then the Brahmin uh, ran away. And this is an older guy, but their other Brahmins saw this happening and they were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he let this person of a lower caste challenge him like that. Mm. And it actually ruined like the rest of his life. Like this was a thing where the, the Brahmin, the, the father of, you know, he had children and the children saw that after this point, he just had no dignity. It mm. like affected him. So these, this social order that people have set up, it affects how people feel as far as their value, their dignity. Um, but it's important for us to realize that in America, we do have this caste system and it plays a role. But some people, they may be unconscious. They don't know that that's actually a factor in some of these interactions, you know? And Lydia, to your point, I, you know, having not necessarily grown up in this country, right, mm-hmm. is th- these are things that w- when you grow up when, where there's equality, right. right, to a point, you don't know. Right. Right? And, and then it comes to, you know, it, it goes back to then when something happens, you start to go, is it me? What did I do? Um, is it, you know, and you start to mm-hmm. look for all these other different reasons, whereas it is hey, stop, there is nothing that you are, you know, there's nothing that you are doing. And, mm-hmm. and this is what makes it difficult is sometimes because the way people have grown up, some of these things, they are doing them because they are unconscious. People, some people think that I, I have, in the wake of all, um, of, of all this talk around, you know, racial injustice, mm-hmm. it, it's not only within you know, outside, all this conversation is also coming inside as, you know, especially as 
Fortune 500 companies start, you know, putting frameworks, real frameworks of action, what they're going to do about racial mm-hmm. injustice. And when companies put out, this is what we're going to do, you know, the comments that come from even within their employees or people thinking that just because somebody is a person of color, that they're mm-hmm. not smart enough, mm-hmm. you know, that they, are, they cannot perform and have excellent work, mm-hmm. right? And, and because of that, sometimes it's one of the things that keeps that perception of that caste system mm-hmm. is what keeps people from championing you know, people of color so that they can get into those, that, that next level of them becoming the senior leaders within the company, the vice presidents right. or, you know, the presidents that we see. Right. Absolutely. And yeah, we have a long way to go. Um, and, you know, you mentioned about your passion for children yes. and, you know, I really think about the next generation that's coming up. Um, and as a mother who's emigrated you know, to the United States from Africa uh, with children who are born in this country who have brown skin, you know, how do you talk to them about living and moving through life, you know, as a person with brown skin um, and preparing them to fulfill their potential, you know, in the future, whether whether they're in the workplace or, or beyond, you know, especially in this climate in a country that has a legacy of, of slavery. So, yes, I do have passion you know, around children, but remember also I, I say that I, I would I, I like to introduce them to, um, I like to introduce them to God, mm-hmm. right? Personally, for me, we can talk through the racial injustice and everything else that, you know, happened. And, and that's why mm-hmm. you remember you also used the word, I have been blessed. Mm-hmm. The reason that, you know, my blessing, you know, contentment comes from, it comes from the fact that I do know that God directs my path. Yes. There's nothing that comes to me that he is not aware of, that he has not seen, mm-hmm. right? And once I have that solid foundation for me, having that solid foundation, it helps me to see things in a different perspective. It does not mean that I become a doormat. It does not mean that I just look over what people are doing, that I cannot act, right? It just means that I also have a different perspective, right? So it is in the same context of as we raise young people or as I raise, you know, for me, my children who are um, children of color is as I remind them or as I have raised them up to know who they are Mm -hmm. in Jesus Christ, that they are a child of God and that God directs their path, it gives them a purpose. Right. And that purpose is I know who I serve. I know who I work for. Because sometimes Mm. it's easy for us to think that, um, or at least, you know, um, to think that even from a Christian standpoint, that, I need to be, you know, if you're driving your own ambition to be CEO of a company, what if God doesn't want you to be that, right? And that's one of the things that I, I, I do that self-check is, hey, I want to be a vice president, but is that where God wants me to be? Mm-hmm. But what if God just wants me to stay as an engineer or as a janitor? It does not, the still I will have that same fulfillment. Mm. Wherever it is that he leads me, I'll still have that same fulfillment. And having to help my kids be able to see that, it will give them that fulfillment. 
And it does not take out that being a Christian, I will not face trial. Mm-hmm. It could be trial of a situation that I would, even though I know these things, I would have to go through somebody else for me to get that same recommendation. It could be that God is teaching me humility. In that situation that I you know, shared with you, when I was in a central role, it mm-hmm. really, as a, as, a, as a principal engineer, it really helped me to see when other people went through situations where they felt they were not heard, mm. for me to be able to understand what they're going through and coach them through how they can actually be able to communicate differently. And, and that helped these young engineers be able to channel that frustration that they were feeling, right? So whatever situation that has happened, God uses it for, for the right. And it is what mm. I try to remind my children or even I try to remind others is when you know your purpose, it becomes a totally different picture. It, it totally becomes a different picture. And what people do to you is mm. not, be, does not become the driving force, right? What becomes the driving force is differently because you know your purpose. Right. So, mm-hmm. Well, you know, Mildred, I have learned so much from you today. So I just want to thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me. Do you have a similar story? Text me at my community number at 312-847-3352 to share your story and join the Subi People community. Thank you for tuning in and join us in the next episode of The Color Within.